Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. I invite you to hear the words from Mark's Gospel. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Ready or not, here I come. You know, as a kid, we used to play hide-and-go-seek all the time in our neighborhood. It was one of our most favorite things to do. And I can never forget running to try and find that perfect spot so I could stay hidden and make it to base before whoever was it would catch me. But more often than not, I would be looking for a place and I'd hear those ominous words. Ready or not, here I come. You know, don't you hate it when you have those times in life when you have to perform and you're not quite ready? That teacher says, put all your books away, it's time for a pop quiz. Or you've been working on a campaign to present and the client shows up a week early, or you're having a family gathering at your house at five o'clock and they start showing up at 4.30. You know, as a pastor, I have this reoccurring dream on Saturday nights that I am putting on my robe and my microphone and the service is starting, but I'm not quite ready. <laughs> you know, we have this fear of failure. And some people have such a fear of failure that if they think they might not succeed, they won't even try. But as followers of Jesus, we don't have the luxury of not participating in what God is doing in the world because we're not ready. We must do our best to prepare ourselves, but ready or not, when Jesus says, follow me, we need to go. Uh, today in this uh, first Sunday of Lent, Lent is one of my favorite seasons. It's a season of preparation. It's a season of renewal. It's a time to reflect on your life and evaluate where you need to improve so that you can better follow Christ. Just as Jesus went into the desert for 40 days in the wilderness, we too have 40 days in which we prepare ourselves for the journey ahead. Now, 
we often go through Lent with missing all of that, not doing what is necessary to prepare ourselves for the journey. We would much rather just have Easter morning show up than go through the season of Lent and Good Friday. And I'm not saying this to shame anybody, I promise. But we'll have around 2,000 people here on Easter Sunday, but about 500 people here on Good Friday. And I think part of that is because we just don't like to prepare. Now, this Lent, uh, as we read through the Gospel of Mark together, I can't help but imagine that my seminary professors would be really proud of us because they would say it's better to take one gospel on its own merit rather than blending them together because each one has a unique story to tell. You know, in the Gospel of Matthew, for example, uh, the good news, the gospel is Jesus preaching and teaching. Now, in the book of Luke, the gospel, the good news, is the angels proclaiming that Jesus is born, the Messiah has arrived. Now, do you know this? In the book of John, that word gospel's not even there. But that doesn't mean that the good news isn't throughout at all. And what John does is really drill down into the theology of what it means to follow Jesus. And here in Mark, the good news, the gospel is there to make a difference. Listen to how the book of Mark starts. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. For Mark, gospel is the story, the whole of what Jesus is, the whole of what Jesus does, and we are to change our hearts and minds because of the good news of Jesus Christ. One of the things that I think is important as we look at the text in which we read today is how did Jesus call his disciples? You know, Jesus went up to them and said, come, follow me. And Simon and Andrew dropped their nets and followed him. And then when he called James and John to follow him, they left their father standing in the boat with the hired hands. Now, don't let that piece of the story just fall away. That's a significant piece in what it means to follow Jesus. Because in that culture, in that time, in that day, if you were born a fisherman's child, a son, you would be a fisherman. For them to step away and leave their father there meant walking away from their entire way of life. You know, when Jesus calls us, when Jesus says, follow me, ready or not, we need to go. This is a pretty simple concept, 
but it is not easy. One of the things that I believe to be true about uh, making a transformation in your life is that uh, it doesn't happen fast. It happens over time. Transformation is about making small changes in your life, and those small changes added up over time make the big difference. I like to call it bridging the gap, bridging the gap between who we really are and who God desires for us to be. Now, I want to be clear that we don't do that in order to gain favor with God. God already loves us just how we are. We are enough right now. We bridge the gap and we transform our lives as a response to the grace, the unexplainable grace that God shows each and every one of us. So what can we do during this season of Lent to help us make those next steps so that when Jesus calls us, we're ready to go? I've been watching a television show called Alone that uh, Dave Driscoll, one of our church members, told me about. And I don't know if you've seen this show, but it's a reality show where they take 10 people, they drop them in the middle of nowhere, and the one who stays the longest wins. Now, each one is in a different location, so they are all by themselves. Each contestant, if you will, is given 10 items they can bring, 10 items of their choosing. They choose what they bring, uh, along with their clothes and a box of camera equipment to document everything, and they are there alone. Now, the longest anyone has ever stayed It's been about 87 days from what I can find out. The shortest is six hours. (laughs) Uh, If I were to compete, uh, I would break that record. I have absolutely no doubt. But it got me thinking about Jesus in the wilderness. And what do we need in order to gear up for us to follow Christ? If we could only bring 10 things, what would they be? Don't get too worried. I'm only going to talk about three of them, I promise. (laughs) We're not going to talk about ten, but there are a multitude of ways in which we can grow. Uh, But looking at our text, to me, one of the first things we need to take with us is repentance. Hmm. Look at uh, verses 14 and 15. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. You know, most of the time, at least it is for me, when I think of the word repent, I think of turning around, going a different direction, uh, recognizing that there is a sin in my life, something that is keeping me from following God, and so I ask forgiveness and go a different way. And that is very much a part of repentance, but it's not all of what repentance is. Repentance 
Uh, in the Greek is metanoia, which means changing your mind. So repentance is not just turning and going another direction or asking forgiveness or checking something off a list. Repentance is changing your heart and mind. You know, Jesus, when he called those disciples, it changed everything about who they were. And when Jesus shows up at your door and asks you to follow, are you willing to change your heart and mind and follow him? Another tool that, that we can use in our, our toolbox, our, our gear up, so to speak, is prayer. Sometimes we get so busy in life that we forget to pray, that we forget to spend time with God. And prayer is one of the most important things that we do as followers of Jesus. Uh, John Wesley and his brother Charles, who started the Methodist movement back when they were college students back in the 1700s, he uh, said this about prayer, it's the grand means of drawing near to God. He called it the breath of spiritual life. Yet prayer, it's one of the hardest of the spiritual disciplines. How many times have you been out to eat with folks or in a small group and someone says, would someone like to pray? And there's this awkward long silence. <laughs> you know, every, every vocation, every job has its downsides uh, and, and upsides. A downside of being a pastor is, is you're asked to pray at almost everything. <laughs> now, it's not that I don't enjoy praying, I do, but we're people just like anybody else. And sometimes it's just wonderful to sit there and hear somebody else praying to God. Um, Lent is the perfect time to begin a practice of a prayer life. If prayer is something that you struggle with, I wanna encourage you to just carve out a little time every day. You know, sometimes it's helpful if you do it at a time that you already have blocked out. For example, if, if you drink coffee every morning and watch the news, maybe turn off the news, drink coffee, and spend some time in prayer, you're more likely to do it if you're already in the habit of doing something else. I hope that, that makes sense. And if you haven't been a person who spends a lot of time in prayer, don't, don't try and spend 20 minutes a day. It won't work. <laughs> Just spend two minutes. And then as you'll see over time, that will increase. Follow the Lord's Prayer as an example. Give thanks, ask for forgiveness, ask for God's will to be revealed in your life. As we gear up to follow Jesus, uh, another essential tool is our holy scriptures. Um, 
It's very important for us to have a practice of reading the scriptures. Uh, it's helpful to have a systematic way of reading them. And what I mean by that is, is a certain thing you do every time so that you can begin to learn and grow more. You can do a Google, share, a Google search on ways to pray, and there will be more than you'll want to look at of how to pray. Uh, one of the ones I came across this week as I was preparing that uh, I felt was really neat is called uh, SOAP. And this was from the Salvation Army. And it's kind of like Lectio Divina, if you're familiar with that. Uh, and so it's an anacronym to help you remember. So uh, I'm going to start with P because we've already talked about it. And that's prayer. That's the very last letter of soap, prayer. That we have to bathe our time in Scripture with prayer. Uh, S is Scripture. We need to figure out what Scriptures we're going to read and when. Now, we've made that super easy for you because all through Lent, we're going through uh, the Gospel of Mark and we have readings for every day. It's on the, the podcast and in the Lenten journal. O is observation. Observe. What did you notice about the verse? What did you think the main message was? What verses, what words jump out at you? I talked about it a little while ago. What jumped out of it, me in the scripture we have today is the boys leaving their dad on the boat, leaving the family business. And then A, application. Ask God how he wants you to apply those verses to your life. And then, ready or not, when Jesus says, follow me, we need to go. Uh, one of the things that I enjoy about getting to preach on a regular basis is reading different things from different people. And I came across uh, a blog article written uh, by Alice McKenzie, who is an elder in the United Methodist Church. She's also uh, a professor at Perkins School of Theology in Dallas. And, and in this blog, she talks about being a young associate pastor. And uh, on a Sunday morning, as they were gathering to go down to worship, uh, she noticed something about her senior pastor. And this is what she writes. One Sunday, we were standing there, and it was time to go in. And he had a distracted air a faraway look in his face. I nudged his arm and said, Paul, it's 10.55, are you ready? He sort of snapped to attention, looked at me and said, no, but let's go anyway. What a wonderful expression of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. When Jesus calls us to go, he doesn't look at our resume. He doesn't look and see how many times you're in worship a month. He doesn't look and see what books you've completed or how many Sunday school classes you've been in. He just looks and says, come, follow me. 
And I hope that this Lenten season, that when Jesus comes your way and nudges your arm and says, hey, you ready? (laughs) That you can muster the courage to go, no, but let's go anyway. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the love in which you have given us, and especially this community of faith where we can live and grow together. Oh God, help us to have the courage to follow you when you call. In Jesus' name, amen.